0: Hey guys, it's Heaven from Just a Grown True Crime, and today I'm going to be telling you about this app called Anchor. It helped me start my podcast, and it can help you start yours. Anchor is a free app that lets you use it from your phone or your computer, so if you want to do it on the go, and you want to just record, you can record one. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more to get your own podcast out there. You can make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. So, it's everything you want in just one podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I did. What are you waiting for? Hey guys, welcome back to Just a Girl in True Crime. I'm your host, Heaven, and tonight we're going to be talking about a case that is known as the Cinderella Effect. It's about a 10-year-old girl named Amani Moss. And I know I said my last recording that I didn't want to do I didn't like doing child cases. Um, but I just watched a video on YouTube about this. And you know it broke my heart. <laughs> it really did. Um, it's sad. So, you know It's my podcast. I will I guess, do cases that I see fit, um, and everything like that, but I just want to hop into it because it is terrible, and I guess I just want to, you know, spread awareness. So, let's start. Amani Gabrielle Moss was born on April 23rd in 2003. And shortly after Amani's birth, her mother, who was addicted to drugs, ended up actually surrendering her parental rights to Amani's father named e- Aman, which is nice because, like it's kind of cool that she was named after her dad, and he got sole custody of her. Amani was one of five children born to her mother, but like I said, she ended up surrendering all of her parental rights to all of her children. So her father largely raised Amani, and often took her to the Freedom Christian Church because they went to church every Sunday. Amani was this bright, beautiful, vibrant, outgoing little girl. And when her father went to church, there was this woman named Tiffany who said she was in college, so she would sometimes come to church, sometimes not go to church. Um, and they he just thought, Oh well, you know, she's probably doing schoolwork and whatnot. Their relationship moved very fast. They got married in July two thousand and nine. And I think she like just called him up and was like, Hey, we should just date And he's like, Yep, okay, I'm a single father. I know you from church. Um, but this time she graduated college and she was working as a preschool teacher. Um, like I said, they had two children, a son and a daughter. Her daughter's name was Emma and her son's name was Tristan. Um, though there are like no records that in that indicated that Tiffany abused her biological children, she did abuse Amani. Um and the abuse increased in March two thousand and ten after a beating of Imani caused Moss to lose her job. So when she went to school, the teacher noticed that she um, had all these waltz, like, on her arm and everything. And, you know, when they asked what happened, she was like, oh, I got a spanking. But the teachers were like, that's not from, you know, a spanking or anything. Like, that's that's a lot. She was, Amani was always afraid to go home as well. And when they asked her, like, why she was spanked, oh, she didn't do her homework, or she had a bad report card, and she was always, because of that, she was afraid to go home because she she was worried that her parents would hurt her. She even told nurses that her stepmom had spanked her with a curtain rod, and the nurse, I guess, ended up finding multiple scabs, bruises, and welts on Amani's arms, back, chest, legs and shoulders and Amani was taken to headquarters and they ended up calling her father Aman, and they said, you know, there's an emergency. You need to come to the police station right away. So he hurried up and rushed there and they found he found out they were like, this is what happened. His wife Tiffany was arrested and charged with first degree child cruelty. And um, Tiffany admitted to hitting Amani three times after she failed to do her homework, which was very extreme. And she pled guilty, and she was only gave she was only given a five years, five years of probation as part of Georgia's first offender program. The plea deal was signed by the Georgia Division of Family and Children's Services, or if abbreviations. GDFCS, and they ended up dismissing the case against Tiffany and Amon after they completed parenting classes. Took like six months. Um, they went through anger management classes and stuff like that. Um, so since the beating happened, Amani was taken out of her dad and stepmom's home and she was actually placed with her grandma and she stayed with her for about six months and during this time the grandma said Amani's school performance improved and she was thriving and when they completed all this stuff Amon and Tiffany decided to bring her back home and the mom you know always said why don't, or the grandma I'm sorry his mom said you know why don't you just like let her live here she's doing so good and I watched some like little clips cause he ended up testifying against his wife and he's like no she, she can be with us and you know like the prosecutors they asked they are like well why didn't you like take your mom up on that offer and he's like oh my pride and I just wanted." To, you know, show her that I can do it. So, because of what Tiffany did, she ended up losing her job as a preschool teacher, which makes sense because you abused a child. You shouldn't be allowed around children. But I do find it strange that she was still allowed to live in the home with Imani after she had a case against her. I don't see how that wasn't like a big major thing like they let her live with the victim she abused okay so So the abuse didn't start i mean stop there tiffany continued to abuse amani for the next several years and in July two thousand and twelve, Amani tried to run away twice from the home. In one case she went to an apartment officer and she told them she told them she wanted to run away because her stepmom had tied her up with a belt that was secured to a chair, so she was tied up on a chair with a belt. And then she was placed in a cold shower and the police, you know, they didn't see any bruises, markings. And they just talked it up that, you know, she, I guess, was just making something up. And they asked Tiffany, and Tiffany said that she was lying. And there just basically wasn't enough evidence to charge anyone. So Amani was returned to her father and Tiffany. In another incident on July 2012, Amani ran away, and she was found sleeping in the bushes of a nearby apartment compart- complex by an officer. And Amani told the officer that she had, had ran away because her stepmom was mean to her. And the officer reported this to um children, you know, youth, or children's services, however you want to say it and they filed a runaway and a curfew violation charges against Imani to ensure that she would see a juvenile court. So since Tiffany couldn't work, you know, a mom mom worked long hours. He worked two jobs to support the family. He didn't see his wife a lot. He didn't see the kids because he was always working. He felt, you know, he'd come home, he'd work, come home, eat, sleep a little bit, and he'd wake up go to a second job he did have weekends off though so when he had weekends off his wife would pass the children to him and she would just go and go be with her friends go see her mom do whatever and he didn't mind it because he enjoyed spending time with the kids um so they eventually moved from their house and they ended up moving in with tiffany's mother and, you know, it was her mom, Tiffany, Amon, Amani, Tristan, and um, Emma. So they're all living there. And, you know, everyone was just on top of each other. You, you know, it's hard to live with a family. Like, it, it. I always tell everybody it's impossible for two families to live under the same roof because... You know, I mean, and this is what happened to me when I lived with my mother-in-law. She'd always tell us how to try to raise our oldest son. And you can give suggestions, but you don't tell me how, how i see fit to raise my child. Anyway, so from the summer, um, from 2011 to the summer of 2013, like I said, they did move. And he worked long hours. In trial, um, I'm getting, like, I'm not, <laughs> Amon, trying to make sure I say, like, don't get Amon and Amani mixed up since it's so close. Amon, you know, reported that she would eat a lot on the weekends when he was in charge of the children. And when, you know, they ended up actually saving enough money to move out on their own again and they lit move back into an apartment like an apartment complex. And this is when Amani rarely saw extended family. In May 2013, they visited Aman's sister, um, sister's house for Mother's Day and his sister and his mom noticed that Amani's hair had been cut when his mom asked, like, you know, what happened to her hair his wife said, if you act ugly, you should look ugly, so she cut her hair because she was in trouble, which I don't I don't get that and I don't understand it. You don't cut a child's hair because of that. His sister also noticed that Amani acted more in a timid fashion. So, they started to know the changes um, around Mother's Day was the last day. Any family members of Amani's family beside her stepmom, her father and her siblings, you know, saw her alive. Um. They always, when they moved into the apartment complex, they always, neighbors, you know, like testified or like came out or whatever and said they would always see the other two children. But they would never see Amani and when they did see her they can recall they only saw her once. Since her father did work two jobs. Um, you know, trying to it made a large absence it made him absent a lot from Amani's life. He would leave from his first job in the early morning brief and briefly return in the late afternoon and then he would leave for his second job around six PM before finally returning around like 10.30 p.m. or 11 p.m. When he was at work, you know he trusted his wife to take care of the kids. But at some point, Tiffany actually began to starve Amani, which makes sense of why when her dad saw her, she would eat so much because she wasn't eating in the week. Because she wasn't letting her. According to prosecutors, this starvation likely lasted several weeks during this time Amani was actually confined confined in her bedroom and you know like I said the neighbors only saw Tiffany's biolo- biological children and they didn't know she really had an older sister I mean if they only saw her once they could have thought anything right Amani eventually came, became too weak to move and unable to leave her bed even to urinate or you know stuff like that. They tried her father also said this in court um they tried to he tried he said they tried to give her like um like a liquid diet because I guess she texted him at one point And said, you know, you need to come home. Something's wrong with Amani. And when he went into the bathroom, he found his daughter in the bathtub shaking. Amani was unresponsive and her eyes were rolling back and forth. So from left to right. And Amon moved Amani to her bed where she stayed for the next couple days. And Amon visited her during this time and he tried to feed her the liquid diet. But it was unsuccessful. You know, and he said, "We need to call the police. We need to get her. We need to get her checked out to see what's wrong." And you know, his wife was like, "No. Um, member, I'm on probation. I'll go to jail." And for some reason, he listened to his wife, and um, he did what any normal person did, and he went back. He went. He went to work like it was normal, and she laid like I said. She laid there for the next couple of days. Um, he did notice that before like the seizure and stuff, her father did know Amani was underweight, like she was losing weight and she was losing energy. So he like took her to the doctor, and be- like I guess before like anything went too bad, like. The doc- doctor said um, she was fine, but obviously she wasn't because um, when she died, she was severely underweight, it, with Dr. Staffenberg describing her as more or less skin and bones. And she only weighed 32 pounds, and that's an average weight of a three-year-old, and her organs were found at the autopsy to be very small. So then on October 28th, Tiffany called her husband at work to tell him that Amani was dead. And he testified this at trial that when he came home from work, the family seemed normal with the children playing and Tiffany watching TV. And he found his daughter laying on a blanket on her bedroom floor. He told his wife again that they should call the police. But she insisted they couldn't because they would lose their children. She would go to jail. I will go to jail. You know, stuff like that. So once again, he listened to his wife and was like, okay. So they came up with this plan. That they needed to hide Amani's body, beca- basically, and lie and say, you know, say she just ran away, she's done it before, nobody will know. So, Aman wrapped Amani's body with blankets and they moved her to the computer room and for several days they kept Amani's body in their apartment and their lives went back to normal, he went to work and everything and he also testified at trial that he would go to work and spend time at home with Amani's body grieving, you know, he'd cry, he'd say sorry that this happened and everything um when he agreed to help Tiffany cover up Amani's death the day after her death he went to Anna's linens and bought new I'm sorry Tiffany went to Anna's Anna's linens and they she brought sheets in a new coverall as the ones Amani coveralls as the one Amani's had used were covered with you know urine and stuff like that and then he went out and um, he went out to Walmart and he bought a metal trash can, trash bags, charcoal, and lighter fluid. And you know they were gonna report her as a runaway. So this gets rough. If you don't want to hear this, I get it. You can skip. You can skip this episode because it's it's rough. I know. Um, and they, you know, they caught. Amon on Walmart's security camera, you know, buying all this stuff. And they decided to put Amani's body in the trash can and cremate them themselves. But, you know, since she sat there for so long, rigor mortis started to kick in and they had to use duct tape to compress her body so they could fit it into the trash can. They... Then, put her in the trash bag, put her in. They loaded everybody up, the two kids, them two, into the car. And they drove to a secluded location to commit arson and remove the trash can from the vehicle. They added all the stuff, but nothing was working. They sat there and they watched. They thought they were watching the body burn. But then when they checked, they found out that the body wouldn't burn to ash because when you try to cremate somebody, it has to be a certain type of temperature. So they waited for about five minutes, and they extinguished the fire, and they waited for the trash to cool down, and they took Imani's body back to the apartment. So after, you know, doing that, a mom went back to work with um, Amani's body still in the back of the car. He actually ended up confessing to a friend and he asked him, he was like, what am I supposed to do? And, you know, his friend said, you need to call the police. So he ended up calling Tiffany and said, you know what, I'm calling the police. And she said, no, we're all going to go to jail. We're going to lose the kids. And he said, you know, I have to call them. So she took the kids and she fled. She left with her children. He ends up calling the police. And they didn't understand what was going on. They didn't know if, like, it was a suicide or, like, a homicide. They were trying to get it together because he was talking about, I I don't want to live. Um. So they ended up sending out dispatcher, dispatchers. And, you know... When he was talking to the police, another police officer, when he pointed to the trash can, said, "My daughter's dead body is in there." Um. One of the officers went over to look, and they opened it, and I guess they got a terrible smell, obviously of death, and they were like, "You know what? Arrest him now!" And they took him down to the police station, and he confessed instantly and i they caught tiffany a couple days later or that weekend or the next weekend one of the two um so they went to trial in 2015 he pleaded guilty to felony murder and concealing a death and he only did that because he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole And in exchange, he agreed to testify against his wife, Tiffany, who she rejected a plea deal that would have allowed her to be sentenced to life in prison. So she was facing the death penalty and and he testified against her, so he wouldn't get it. That's... That's just crazy. So, we're going to talk about some things, you know, that he said in court. Like I said, Tiffany did tell him not to report, you know, her missing, according to her husband. And Edmund told the court, you know, she wanted to hide it. And the district attorney. Named Danny Porter asked him, like, you know, why did you agree? And he said he was trying to fix a problem he couldn't fix. And he said, I can't explain it. And he also said he didn't want to lose the two younger children he had with Tiffany. And Tiffany wanted to bury his daughter, Imani, but Amon didn't want to. And that's when they, you know, decided to put her in a trash can. several, Several jurors covered their mouths, and one covered his face with his hands. As Amani was described in grotesque details, cracking the bones of his daughter to stuff her into this trash can and securing the body with duct tape. Like I said, they drove to a secluded place. Oh I mean, it's just it's just insane and i'm I'm very like speech speechless and it it's definitely a hard thing to get to um during her husband's shocking testimony, Tiffany remained without noticeable expression, and she has not questioned witnesses because Tiffany decided you know. She was going to represent herself, but she didn't do anything. She didn't ask any witnesses questions. She didn't bring up any witnesses. She just sat there. Um. Obviously, Tiffany was found guilty, and they didn't take long. <clears throat> they didn't take long to... F- Hold on. Sorry about that. I had a cough. (laughs) Um, like I said, Tiffany's trap. Tiffany's, Tiffany. It didn't take them long to find Tiffany guilty because they knew she was guilty. Um, the jury did see very graphic details of this case. You know. Like I said, she literally. You know. Denied her food until she wasted away to nothing. She starved her to death, but, you know, Tiffany had found no trouble feeding or taking care of her biological children who, you know, shared the home with the family. There were also missed opportunities um, from the Department of Family and Children's Services that could have saved the girl. Amani's um, grandmother, Robin, claims a lawsuit. Claims in a lawsuit she's filing against the agency. She says caseworkers were well aware, you know, that this child was being abused. Just four months before Amani died, the grandmother claims the welfare agency received an anonymous call that Amani was being neglected by her father and stepmom, and the caller specifically mentioned that she was too thin. So people saw the conditions Amani was in. And, it you know, it's not just um, the children's services fault. The father is at fault a lot because, I mean, I don't understand how you didn't call the police just because your wife said, no, I'm going to go to prison. No, you should have called the police and you wouldn't be where you're at now in my opinion and Amani's school even reported emotional and psychological neglect to DFCS after tiffany you know allegedly hit Amani with a belt for eating too slowly as well like i said you know when she that happened she was only put on five years of probation, which, that's crazy to me. I just don't understand how she only got five years of probation. There's no joy when, you know, a jury imposes a death sentence, District Attorney Danny Porter said. But after the sentencing, according to the AJC, but this was one of the worst cases, you know, he's ever seen. The first time you look at it, it makes you feel sick. The last time you look at it, it makes you sick. After the girl's death, an intake case manager, a social services administrator, and a program assistant at DFCS were all terminated, and others were reported, reportedly disciplined. And, guys, that... That's the case of Amani Moss. May she rest in peace. Thankfully, Tiffany got, is currently sitting on death row. I've read somewhere that she was supposed to be um, executed in June, but something happened with the thing in Georgia. Let me see if I can find it. Um, something happened or whatever and she just is currently still waiting there father life in prison without parole where he deserves to be and all of that but rest in peace to this little girl um let's all pray for the moth family and stuff like that because it's very heartbreaking and that is the case that I will be uploading after I finish everything. And I hope you enjoyed it. You can follow me on Instagram at Just A Grown True Crime. You can follow my Facebook at Just A Grown True Crime. You can send me an email at Just A Grown True follow the YouTube channel at Just A Grown True Crime as well. Um. So that's all for that case. Um, I wanted... I wanted to talk about something real quick. Off topic. So they found, um... Brian Landry. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. They found his body and they identified his... Him by dental records. So he's dead. Which is sad because... Gabby's family's never gonna get justice, you know. He took the easy way out, so we're not gonna know what happened. I mean, we all know we all know he did it, obviously. But I mean, he killed himself. So, oh man. Listen, moral of this story. It's the reason why, like something ever happens, like, and I'm not with my kids' dad anymore, I ain't dating anymore. I don't trust people with, you know, my children. And if your child ever comes to you, you know, either, and it doesn't even have to be a step parent, it could be, you know, mom or dad or any family, relative, family, friend, you know, if they say something's going on, please believe your child. Please call 911. Call Children's Services. Don't do the. Don't be a bystander and think, "Oh, this kid's just making it up." Just because a parent or a relative or family friend says something, if your child says something to you, believe them. It's better to be safe than sorry, than them checking and nothing being wrong, and everything like that. Oh man, this was a bummer of a case. Now I'm going to go watch The Conjuring. So, you know, it's Halloween season. Time to get spooky. And guys, that is all of that. And yeah, I don't know what else to say. I'll talk to you when I talk to you.